This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Greg and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we try to unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that's profitable. I am Alan from Pixel Partners HQ, and here is my co-host, Greg from Studio One Design. You, you almost had to think about who you were for a I second there. I actually did, you know, because it throws me <laughs> off sometimes who I am. That's funny. What have you been up to? Mate, listen, it's been a crazy week. Uh, we launched a, what, what would you call it? We beta launched a new product on Monday, and oh my God, it went gangbusters you know sometimes in business you have to be careful for what you wish for because we were looking for a new successful offering another channel that we could focus on and because it's still in beta and the the full you know we've only got a minimum viable product website up and everything's very basic and we're still refining i'm not going to tell the listener listener you'll have to tune in over the next few weeks to find out exactly what it is but um but we're busy you know i've got to kind of manage this carefully because this is that whole sort of marketing capacity saw that can be really risky on a small business cool sounds exciting dude yeah well make sure you don't leave the listener hanging too long because i think it could be beneficial for everyone to see you know what you're up to what a design business is up yeah, to absolutely man what about you what have you been up to i'm just planning events this year so i'm off to one yeah, in sydney actually i might be up your way not this week but next week uh, to a greg kassar event our good friend jason who edits this podcast he's gonna be there oh terrific i'll get to meet him that's killer <laughs> How about that? Um, and then, yeah, obviously we've got uh, Superfast Business in Manly, James Franco's event in March. And then I'm just trying to work out, I want to do one trip to the States and, and do an event over there. So just trying to work out which one's best going to suit me. Are you going to speak in the US or are you just going to attend? Well, you know, we'll, we'll see how we go. I mean, if there's an opportunity, then I'd be crazy not to, even though it scares the shit out of me. Hey, you should hit up uh, a couple of our good friends, Ezra, maybe do a slot in one of his events. Well, I did that last year, but yeah, I think he's, he's already booked this year. They usually change the speakers every year, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Let's get into this week's episode, buddy. How to design a high-performance landing page. Yeah, so can we just sort of clarify what a landing page is for people firstly because you know people all design businesses tend to design websites they don't think of them as individual pages yeah good point so i mean the purpose of this podcast we're going to go into some sort of higher level tactics and things you can put in them but yeah just an overview a landing page is really just a web page that just has one purpose and it's usually you know to get people to take one single action so as opposed to a website where like a homepage, for instance, is a gateway to various things on the website. A website in, in general has many different call to actions. A landing page just has a single purpose to get people to do one action and one action only. So that means that you don't even want to have a global navigation like a top nav or a footer nav or anything that leaks off to anything else because it's a leakage point and you're you know a lot of landing pages you're sending paid traffic to so you really want to make sure that people take that one action or or don't do anything at all yeah that's interesting you know i I think you've got to be really careful with that whole navigation thing it can be done nicely 
and it can be done really, really badly. I, I don't like when I get to a landing page that traps me. I want to feel like I've got options to explore. So some people actually do these microsites. So they have a yeah. landing page and then a couple of associated pages. So there is navigation for exploration when you go to it. We're probably going off on a tangent, but I, th- I think the point is good. You know, don't have leakage points. You know, I can't believe how many people have, you know, their best product on a page. They drive paid traffic to it and then they have links back off to Facebook and Pinterest and, you know, all these other places. Let me tell you, people go to Facebook, they don't come back. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And the purpose of social media is to bring people to your website. But you're right. So we do exactly what you just touched on. It's called a mini site. And so you might have a top navigation and that'll either do one of two things. Either it'll link to a a further uh, like a point further down the page of the same page or it'll link to another page but on that other page it still has the one call to action which we will put at the top and the bottom of the content of that individual page so there is still no leakage points yeah, so the point is we're talking about landing pages today but it doesn't have to be a single page the point is that this is a a specific environment with one single purpose correct exactly yeah and by the way if you are advertising and you're sending traffic to like google or facebook they both have similar rules you know you may need to have an about page and a contact page etc it helps with building trust you know and that's what you know Google want to realize that you're a serious business, you're a real business and it's not just a, a scam for instance so you need things like contact so yeah it's just a compliance thing so you know that's basically what a what a landing page is and the reason you would want to have a landing page so it's got a range of different purposes so you know one could be to have people purchase one of your products or purchase a service book an event collect email addresses which is also known as a squeeze page register for a webinar or a free trial um, even register for an offer that's coming soon you know that's currently closed and also what it's really good for are testing offers so before you go to the expense of you know an entire website you've got a new offer out there test your market and just put it on a landing page and there's lots of different landing page builders out there like click funnels lead pages insta pages etc that are really quite cheap and you can just drag and drop and build your own landing pages and that's what i recommend if you're just starting out yeah definitely i mean the, and the best thing with something like lead pages is that they've got a ton of templates there right and these templates yeah. aren't uh you know maybe like template monster where you buy a website where they're just sort of piled together all their templates are based on proven mythology that works for those situations. Some of them are actually, they've gone to people who've designed their own lead pages pages and they know the statistics and they know that it converts really highly and they've asked permission to say, well, can we use your template for everybody else? You know, so it's a bit of sharing the love there. Exactly. And you can also sort by highest converting. How cool is that for each, you know, each industry or each purpose? Yeah, very, very, very. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Cool. All right. So what are you going to do to get a landing page? Like, I mean, how do you get started with this? Do you buy a new domain? Do you, like, what do you do? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'd recommend. Have a um, domain specifically for the purpose of this landing page, If you, as opposed to having it on your website as a forward slash blah, blah, blah. I mean, it, it can be that as well. And it really depends on the traffic source. So if it's cold traffic, you want to, you want to have more traffic elements which we'll talk about in a minute but i'd recommend you know cold traffic new offer unrelated to anything else 
that you offer, you would have it on its own domain. But if it's something that's, you know, let's say a, a different offer to your existing customer base, you w- might want to have it on as a forward slash of your own domain. And also the traffic's a lot warmer, you know, because they're already used to your brand, etc. So it just helps with brand recognition if you have it on the same domain as the rest of your site. So there are, you know, different reasons why you do either. Yeah, so uh, an example of that is that um, I went to an event recently and they had events.theirdomain.com forward slash and then the city, right? So right. that's probably a little bit complicated to remember, but it had a purpose and it kept those events off their main website because each one was mm-hmm. very, very specific. They were sending me to a landing page and the sole purpose of the landing page was to tell me what was going to be happening at the event tell me who was speaking, tell me where and when the event was and give me the opportunity to book my seat there. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's a good example. So really, I mean, before you get started, you really want to get clear on the purpose of the page. You want to understand where it sits in your marketing funnel because you really have to think of it as just one page in in a marketing funnel and you know we can talk about that probably on another podcast but just generally speaking you know you might have people do an action before they get to this landing page you might also have them have taken action after this might just be like a a tripwire um, for instance especially if you're sending cold traffic to it you could treat it like a tripwire low barrier uh, to entry and then there might be an upsell page which has has a higher price point for instance yeah nice nice so knowing that this page isn't the be-all and end-all. It is part of a greater mechanism in your marketing funnel. Exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, and you also want to get really super clear on the avatar of your target market, you know, because if you get that wrong, then you could be wasting a lot of time on copywriting and design and all those things that will will want to link back to, you know, appealing to that market. Yeah, and... And we've harped on about this so many times, haven't we, Greg? You know, a landing page is not terribly expensive to build, right? And if you're going to go to the effort, and people who say, oh, but my target market is men and women and this and that. Well, you know, if you've got, let's say, a vitamin supplement, right? And it's for people in the age group of 55 to 75, and it's for men and women, there's a big possibility that the the, the way you would present that same product to the men and the women might be completely different. Does that make sense? So why not have yeah, yeah, yeah. a landing page for men and a landing page for women, it, particularly if you're doing really targeted advertising in places like Facebook where you can actually specify the exact age and gender of the person that you, you want to target with your ad. Yeah, and you'd be foolish not to because you'll be wasting a lot of money if people come to that site, you know, that are women and most of your images are sort of, you know, targeted at men. So, yeah, it's you can't you can't have it both ways. You, you're going to get way better results if you're super targeted. Yeah, absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Okay, so we've, we've worked out that it's got a purpose, a single purpose. We know we need to do it. What's next? Yeah, so I, I guess in this section, let's just talk about the, the elements that you would need to have on a high performance landing page. So we know the purpose is to get people to take an action, but especially if they're cold traffic, you're gonna need a whole lot more trust building elements to influence them 
to take that action okay so you wouldn't need as many if if they're warm traffic and it might be a different step in your funnel but yeah for the most part we want to put as much trust elements as many trust elements on there as possible so step one i would say is hire a copywriter okay so the copywriter, a professional copywriter, will really hone in on the benefits, you know, of, of your service product or event, whatever the case is, you know, the benefits to the target market. They'll use storytelling. They'll obviously use features and, and things like that, but they really hone in on what the target market are going to get out of um, out of the event. And most people that do their own copywriting, they talk more about themselves than than the target market, which is the wrong approach. Yeah, so so this is just, just to clarify, what you're doing is you're actually giving us all the things that you need to prepare so that a great designer can turn this info into a landing page that'll convert. So the first thing is the words. And I think that's critical, you know. If you've got great copy and you're telling a great story in the copy, then the designer has the ability to bring all the other elements in the design together in a cohesive way. Yeah, around the copy. And we had a, you and I had, a, you know, interviewed Kevin Rogers recently or last year. But the point is, you know, there can be a big battle between copy and design. And in my opinion, the copywriting is one of the most single most crucially important things on a landing page and the design should be designed around the copy so it does not ruin the flow of the copy that's a really important thing because if the page ruined if you lose the flow in the page people will get lost straight away so you want to keep that flow of the copy and design around it yeah, look I, I you know this whole thing people think design 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 they go i want a new i'm launching a new brand i'm going to design a website right and i need the design to be awesome okay the reality is design with bad copy is just something that looks pretty, right? Yeah. And great copy without design are just words on a page. You know, you bring yep. those two together, the prospect can actually put themselves into the story and they can engage with your brand, engage with your product, and they feel like they need to be part of this, you know? So... It's the best starting point. It is, and a really good copywriter can really hone in on that emotional connection to really, like you said, to engage and draw them in. So, yeah, I would definitely consider, if you've got a serious product or service or offering, hire a decent copywriter because you will get a way better result. Anyway, so that's copywriting. Yep. Also, you know, a couple other things, like if we just think about the general structure of a landing page, and this is very broad, but I'm going to sort of go through a few things because of the fact that, um, you want to have these in pretty much every page. So you want to make sure you understand, you know, who it's for. You want to let people know who it's for, who it's not for, what the benefits are, um, what the features are, what they can expect. I guess it depends if it's an event, etc. You know, if it is an event, you want to have like who's speaking and things like that. But then all these things need to kind of flow down the page. And you might you might have, for instance, you know, some more uh, technical or scientific claims to back up your, you know, what your product's all about. But you really want to have it in a flow from benefit to maybe story to feature, you know, before you get down to the call to action and kind of in that order. Yeah, definitely, definitely. This is one thing that people miss all the time is actually spelling out what can you expect if you purchase? Yep. Right? It doesn't matter whether it's a service or a product, you know. Um, people go, well, here's my product. Buy it. Here's all the great things about it. Buy it. Here's why we think it's great. Buy it. Yeah. But what happens once you've bought it? 
Yeah, good point. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you want to explain all that. And the more you can explain, it really depends on the price point as well. Um, the higher the price point, generally speaking, the, the more you have to explain, you know, everything about the product and what's going to happen next, etc. But also further down the page, you know, if we're talking about structure, you would have FAQs that deal with the objections that people might have in their mind. Like you said, you know, what's going to happen next, for instance. So you really want to deal with all of those things. And a good place for that is in the FAQs. Nice. Yeah. All right. And so that's kind of overall structure. Now, if we go into individual trust building elements, and we've talked about copy, that's so important. And then images. So images need to obviously enhance the copy and, and you know, make the copy easier to read. So you would, you would use you know, just basic hierarchy of, of having, you know, some words lot larger, etc. And then you might have images to, you know, either bullet out those words, like not just bullet points, but images, icons, etc. to suit the copy. Um, you might have images that really talk to the copy and enhance the, you know, the, the copy in general so that you get a feeling around the copy from the imagery. So it all kind of ties in as one. So when we say images, we're not just talking about photos. We're talking about icons, yeah. illustrations, graphics. Exactly. Spot on. Anything visual outside of the text and the color. Exactly. Anything visual that's going to enhance the copy and resonate with the the viewer or the reader yeah. of that page. Yeah. Um, all right, so images are super important and, you know, try not to use stock images. Try and have unique images wherever possible. If you do use stock, just give them a bit of unique treatment anyway so they don't just look like everything else out there. Yeah, and you know what? There's nothing wrong with blending two, three, four, five stock images together yeah. to create something that really pops. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't agree more. And that's the that's the purpose of a designer, to make sure it doesn't end up looking stock. And then video. So video is a huge trust building element. Um, a lot of people are scared to put face to camera and you don't need to put face to camera, but that's certainly a good way to build trust. But you could use um, you know, case studies, you know, people reviewing the products, etc. Um, you know, testimonials. Uh, but, you know, you can have animation as well. And one of the highest converting tools for visuals is hiring you know like an animator that can draw out everything that you're saying basically in a descriptive way yeah we, look we do a ton of animated videos because you know we've got clients that are that don't have a face to the business they, they are a brand you know they're they're on a slightly different scale to the small business owner and animated videos allows them to bring their products to life and explain the process of you know how to use it what it can do yeah. for people with illustrated animations and they're not terribly expensive you know really if you've got a, a somebody not, specializes yeah. in it they can do a really good job very economical yeah check it out on fiverr as well some good examples there yeah. um and then obviously social proof you know it's obviously a huge one um social proof could be in the form of testimonials could be written or video or audio uh, could be case studies which are more powerful than testimonials showing people what they look like before and then after they've used your product or service etc and then you could have the amount of customers that you've served like especially we we do a lot of stuff for businesses that are coming off amazon starting their own website and they might have like fifty thousand amazon customers but they don't have any testimonials yet for their new site so we would just have and it's not a lie we'll just have the amount of amazon customers that they have just 
try and use numbers because the the larger the numbers, the the more it resonates with um, you know with potential customers, showing that you're reputable. Yeah, there's some there's some really cool um, you know animated effects you can use on sites now, where yeah. as people scroll yep. down, it shows the numbers in a graph or something like that. Uh, WP yes. Curve is a great example. You know, on their homepage, front and center, right at the top, it says forty four thousand plus jobs completed since twenty thirteen. Thirty nine team members twenty four seven worldwide 4,000 plus jobs completed this month you know and a thousand plus active current customers you know yeah how easy is that to read it's just amazing yeah and it gives you confidence straight away you know it, you, you yep. say to yourself well you know what if that many people trust this business well i'll give it a go spot on and logos as well of other similar size businesses that you're appealing to if that's your target market or you know logos where you've been seen in or heard on etc those things are kind of overused these days but just make sure they're true and relevant to your target market there's no point saying you know as seen on google i mean whatever (laughs) (laughs) you want to just keep it relevant so yeah just think about where your target market hangs out and and you know try and get as seen in those type of communities and uh, businesses associated with them. Well, I mean, that's, and the funny thing is that's a real old school, you know, pre the digital age technique, you know, the old as seen on TV, when you go into a retail store, for some reason, it just connects credibility. It does. Absolutely. Yeah. All these things are very subtle and minor, but Geez, they, they really help when you when they're all put together in a nice, cohesive way. And then, yeah, so I would also, depending on the product, of course, but have a section, why buy from us? And in that could just be some copy, could be images, you know, beautiful photos of you and have the photos professional professionally taken because it does really, you know, add to that professionalism overall to the image of your business. Uh, but video as well, you know, just let people know why, you know, why they should buy from you. And for that, we recommend what's called the spin selling formula which is based on a book, uh, Spin Selling by Neil Rackman. So you can go check that out. But basically it's an acronym for letting people know the situation that they're in, that you understand it, you understand their problem, you understand, uh, you let them know the implications if they don't do anything about their problem. And then N stands for the need or the payoff for when they do choose your product or service. Pretty simple formula, but it works well. Yeah, nice. I love it. Yeah, and and then really, you know, the call to action. So this call to action could either be at the very top of the page or it could be right down the bottom of the page. And it really depends on the offer and where you think you've convinced people to take action. Sometimes it could be at the top of the page. Like if it's an event, you know, they've been to the event before or they know about the event. They just want to go there. They don't want to have to scroll all the way to the bottom. But if it's something that's going to take a lot of influence and then you don't, and you want to have a story in there and a flow, you don't want to ruin the flow by putting a call to action halfway through. You just want to have it at the end where it's absolutely necessary. Uh, Look, I think you really want to think about what type of lead is going to your landing page, right? So if it's a warm lead, they may already have a relationship with you. Be respectful and give them the ability to contact you or order early in the the process. You don't want them having to scroll down a super, super, super long landing page all the way to the bottom to find the buy now button or call us or whatever it might, whatever action is you want somebody to take. You know, this happened to me a while ago where a good friend of ours, and I won't name him, released a product. He released a training product. 
and it was very, very relevant to my business. And I signed up on the landing page, which was the pre-release, you know, the coming soon page, which you mentioned before. Yep. So I was just waiting for him to release it. And on the release date, what happened was he actually had like a sales funnel that he wanted all his cold traffic to go through. So they got to know him before they bought Right, so mm-hmm. it was a bit yeah. of a, a longish sales process, a combination of videos and emails and a few other things. And I think there might have been five or eight in the sequence before you could actually buy. And I right. really just got frustrated because I was ready to buy there and then. I would have just clicked yeah. the button, I would have paid the money and happily taken yep. the training and, and run with it. Um, and I understand yeah. why people, why there may be a really good reason to have people read all the information because just as much as you want people to buy, there's certain people that you may not want to buy. They may not be your ideal client or the product may not actually solve their problem. So, yeah, there's a little bit of a balance. Do you test this, Greg? Like, do you just suggest to people if they're doing it for the first time that they they put more than one call to action through the page and then heat map it and refine it down the track. That's in the killer tips oh. <laughs> for listener actions, but yeah, you're spot on. So we'll talk about that a bit later, but absolutely. And look, it depends, like I said before, it depends on the offer and on where that call to action should be in the page. And it also depends on the on the traffic. Like the example you just gave, you were warm already. So you didn't know need to go through that entire funnel Right, so for that, you could have just had a call to action right at the start of the very first page and you would have purchased. But yeah, so you really, you know, you want to segment your list if possible, which is getting a bit technical, but you can segment your list based on how warm they are. So that's that's more of, a, of an advanced technique. But yeah, that that's a good point. You really have to work out where to put that call to action. And it does depend on the offer and you can split test, as, split test it as well. But also you might, there's some instances where we have the call to action at the top of the page, a little bit further down the page, a little bit further again, and then in the footer because, you know, it depends on when that person is ready to make a purchase. They could be influenced halfway down the page, for instance, and ready to buy at that point. We used to have a saying in the old sales days when we used to do face-to-face sales, you know, when a customer's ready to buy, let them buy. I used to watch salespeople talk themselves out of a sale because they wanted to finish the whole sales pitch that they had been trained on. And this is the same thing, you know, it's give people the opportunity to buy and when they're ready, let them buy. Don't, you know, you could lose them by the end of the page if you're not careful. Exactly. That's right. And so in that call to action section, like you want to, you could use, depending on the offer, but you could use other trust building elements like a phone number just underneath the call to action. Now you'll find, generally speaking, your phone won't ring more. It'll just influence more people to take action because they know if something goes wrong, they can contact you quickly. You could also have a a, a call center person, you know, with a headset looking thing. Usually a pretty girl works the best. Um, And other trust icons like, you know, money back guarantee and, and all those type of trust things and payment logos as well like you know paypal credit card apple pay amazon whatever the case is and by the way three payment types works has been proven to convert the best so more than two and less than four nice i like that that's a good tip yeah and if you've got um scarcity around that offer put a countdown timer it's just a visual 
cue that helps people um, you know understand that there is some urgency involved here yeah so and then talking of directional uh, sorry cues in general visual cues what we like to do is have directional cues from the top of the page all the way down to the call to actions which are really just arrows pointing down the the page but not in a 19 uh, or you know I should say 2010 uh, cheap and sleazy internet marketing kind of way but just a classier way that's not overused and no animation just a nice subtle little arrow pointing down the page i've seen some clever stuff where you've actually shaped images like an arrow so it's not actually yeah. an arrow but the bottom of the image might have a point or i've seen somewhere you yes. use parallax images on the side that are actually an image it's half a diamond but the point of the diamond is pointing to a key element yeah. on the page and honestly I'm like you know i look at that stuff my eye is just instantly drawn to, to that yes, point. So. Exactly. And it can be really useful as well if you have social proof throughout the page. You want to tell your story, but you want to have social proof in there as well. Sometimes social proof can kind of, um, you know, go across the page and, and break the flow of the copy. So you do need to have that social proof in there, but also you don't want to ruin the flow of the copy. So you can have arrows pointing through the social proof, for instance just to keep the eye drawn down the page. Nice. All right. What else do we need to make this a winning landing page? Yeah, look, we've discussed most of the general things. I mean, we don't want to have the podcast going for hours, but, you know, things like um, a chat window or, you know, another form of getting people to, to contact you instantly can help boost sales. Like we, on one of our, or two of our sites, actually, we do that. And, yeah, it really helps people that are on the edge of, not being able to make a decision it'll just help push them over the edge to say yep i'm ready now just have it you know have many elements on there to make it easy for people to contact you sweet cool so really yeah that's about it and we, we mentioned leakage points before if you do just have a single page and not a full mini site um, and if you have privacy and terms which are you know requirements if you're advertising then you want to have them in a pop-up as opposed to leaking off to your main website's terms or privacy etc because that is a leakage point so just have them pop up in the same page in front of them yeah nice so just to wrap up what would you say the biggest mistakes people make when they're doing try, trying to do a landing page or something similar on their website yeah i would say that if they, well, it depends on, there's no congruency is what I'm getting at. So uh, you might have an ad and the image is, you know, beautiful and targeting your target market, whatever the case is, and they go off to your landing page and it looks completely different. So there's a big disconnect there, which, you know, you can lose trust just by doing that. So make sure there's congruency from ad to the landing page or any of your other touch points, whether it's, you know, social media blog posts or whatever, just make sure visually that it feels the same. But also, yeah, look, I would just say, no, the biggest thing is people uh, try to be everything to everyone, like you said before, instead of honing in on one particular avatar and then designing everything around that person and having multiple landing pages if you have multiple avatars yeah look this congruency thing you know and this is the mistake people make when they're trying they put a new product on their website and then they advertise and have a really nice flashy advertising campaign updating websites can be cumbersome and expensive you know mm -hmm. and then you lose the continuity on your website if you have one page on your website that looks completely different to everything else so yeah yeah know, a landing page is a great solution to that you know you design 
design the advertising, you design the landing page, it's a chicken or the egg thing, it doesn't matter which one comes first, but you tie them both in so they're using the same colours, the same fonts, the same core imagery, they're targeted at the same audience, and you just get a really nice flow from, from one to the next. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's that's uh, definitely some mistakes we see. I would say, you know, just on that, uh, you want to make sure, like this would be my killer tip actually. Sweet, when we let's do, it. Let's before, do the killer but, tips. And... <laughs> yeah, but you want to you make sure that it converts, right? So now there are different measurements for working out if it converts. A, are people taking that call to action? But B, you know, they might be 90% of the way there and you don't know that. So you need to put some some tools on the landing page to help understand what people are doing on the page. So there's multiple tools out there for this. One that I use and love and is really good value is Hotjar. So you know, send us some money, Hotjar, if you're listening. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, I endorse it all the time because I just love it. You get really good user insights from various things that have the, the tools that they offer. One is video. So you can watch people using your website and you can watch exactly everything that they're clicking on and, and scrolling around the page and, and you can see if they're getting stuck or confused and, you know, it's just really powerful. They also have heat maps and you can also have user polls. So we use user polls mainly for people that have purchased but you can use them for people that haven't purchased as well and get some good insights out of that so definitely use tools and then you'll find because every every audience responds differently so just because we're really good designers we understand what works it's it can need tweaking to get you know extra conversion percentage out of the design yeah look you know, everything you've given us today is just awesome. Uh, you know, I'm struggling for a single killer tip. I, I guess my killer tip is is that, you know, this whole landing page process is a little bit of an iterative process. You have to start somewhere. So, you know, pick yeah. a product, pick a service and build a landing page for it. Then use things like Hotjar and measure the results and if it doesn't work don't throw your hands up in the air and say oh i give up this is a waste of time and money try and find out why it didn't work maybe your advertising targeting was wrong maybe yeah. you know your call to action was wrong maybe using the wrong imagery and then price point yeah just keep working at it and this is exactly why you know at the beginning of the episode i said i'm not going to reveal this product that we've launched because we're in that iterative process at the moment and literally yeah. on a daily and hourly basis we're making adjustments to see if we get a better or worse response based on that adjustment fantastic well, i'm looking forward to hearing the results of that one mate thank you very much for giving us all that info on landing pages it comes at a very relevant oh, time for me and you know as much as i know these things it's good to hear them on a regular basis listener thanks for joining us uh that's it for me for today and greg i'll catch you on the next episode listen i'll catch you on the next episode exactly if you've got any qu comments guys go over to therealmagic.com and uh yeah comment underneath this particular episode thanks for listening thanks for listening to the real magic podcast Hear more at therealmagic.com.